Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. Compatibility. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall. And the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. This is The Edge with Jonathan Von Tobel and Matt Humans on VSN, the sports betting network. What up, folks? Welcome into another edition of The Edge here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Good show on tap today. Coming up in 15, Jimmy Ott, host of Jimmy Ott's Game Time uh, there in Baton Rouge, is going to be with us as we discuss, of course, SEC baseball. It's underway. Yeah, that's not what we're talking about today. <laughs> no? no? I thought you were going to get in on this. Uh, I can't get you on an MLB. I feel like I, I heavily doubt I could get you in on a college baseball conversation. No, if the MLB uh, season was postponed or whatever, we'd probably talk a little college baseball because that's the only baseball on the board. <laughs> but that's not going not gonna to happen, especially today. And, uh, you know, we've got this graphic up. You can't see it on the screen. It's our preview we're, screen, we're looking at yeah. baseball win totals. Every time I see the Cleveland Guardians nickname and that logo, I'm getting irritated. Can you just change it back to the Cleveland baseball team or the Cleveland baseball club or whatever? And if you got a dropped Indians nickname, this Guardians nonsense, this looks like a, a bad single-A team. Yes, I, I completely agree. Uh, even roll with the uh, my favorite minor league team, the Montgomery Biscuits, where the uh, – the logo is a little biscuit, and his tongue is like a pat of butter. You know, oh, you like know that's what? even better. A lot of minor league teams have better nicknames, better logos than yes. the Guardians. Absolutely. There's no question about that. Yes. Anyway, uh, we will, of course, talk um, college basketball with Jimmy Ott, who's going to join us in 15 minutes. I'm not going to use the Guardians nickname this year. From this point Cleveland? forward, I'm going to say Cleveland. That's right. it. I'm down. I, okay. That was my argument. I actually, I think they should have just rolled with Cleveland. Like, period. No mascot. Just be Cleveland. Cleveland Baseball Club. Yep. How about that? Right. CBC. I'm down with it. Okay. I always like the, the soccer format. That's where you go with it. Anyway, let's start. Uh, Blue Jays bullpen. Go. Your analysis. No? We can't get you on No, but I'll it. tell you this. Blue Jays tied with the Yankees for the highest win total in the American League East. And uh, uh, 
actually at some spots maybe a little bit higher win total than the Yankees. I, I think the uh, Yankees got a lot of competition and some problems, and uh, that division is going to be tough for the Yankees to win. I don't think they did enough in the offseason to get better. Before we move to uh, Sweet 16 games and kind of going through each one of them one by one, I want to go back to last night. Mm-hmm. Did I, uh, first off, I sent you something. I did not get a response, but did I get you to watch the highlight reel of Patrick Beverly last night against the I Nathan did Donald watch Church? it. It was, it was not what I expected. I thought he was going to be more of an agitator, and uh, the highlights were not well, classic Pat Bev. I, maybe they left some things out, but what I watched, the clip you sent me on Twitter, I expected more. So Dallas won 10 to 108 last night. Yeah. They get the win. It was a very big win, by the way. Don't get that twisted because uh, Minnesota had moved into the sixth seed in the Western Conference, which, of course, removes them from the play. And while they're back down to seventh with the loss uh, and had an outside shot at catching Dallas had they had won that game. But it also, um, that highlight package that they sent you, it failed to actually include Pat Beverly's best highlight, which was a steal of Luka Doncic, then in transition getting out to the right wing and burying a game-tying three in his face with like four minutes left to go. Uh, he was great. He was great, other than the uh, other little highlights I sent you. Uh, but th- this was worth mentioning because Carl uh, Anthony Towns ended up playing yesterday, so this gets down to one. It was a dramatic game down the stretch, but the Mavericks win. But in terms of the big picture, the Minnesota Timberwolves 10-1 and straight up at ATS streak gets ruined mm-hmm. by the, by the, um, by the uh, Dallas Mavericks last night. Now 18-6 and ATS in their last 24 games. But this Timberwolves team, I'm telling you, you watch out for them, Matt Humans. They're going to be real. I did uh, watch a little bit of this game last night. Yeah, no choice. There wasn't much on last night. No, last night was a very slow night in sports, and I wasn't going to watch women's hoops. By the way, in the the women's NCAA tournament last night, Mm -hmm. so the Mavericks were one-point favorites and won by two. In the women's NCAA tournament, Oklahoma was one-and-a-half-point favorite over Notre Dame and lost by 44. Okay. <laughs> you don't see that very often. I had to, I had to, I had to register for a second. I had, I had to do the math. 108 to 64, Oklahoma lost to Notre Dame, and the Sooners were one and a half point home favorites. Anyway, uh, I watched the uh, Luka Doncic stuff, and Patrick Beverly's one of those guys, if he's your teammate, you love him. If uh, you're an opponent, you hate him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've, I've, I've thought the Clippers probably made a mistake letting him go, but – uh, he, I, he's making the T-Wolves better. He's, I think he lifts everybody's competitiveness, competitive level up, all of his teammates. And uh, I like what he's doing with the T-Wolves. He is part of their death lineup. Uh, their best lineup on paper includes Patrick Beverly. He is a must as part of it. So Beverly does a good job. And you said agitator. He's a good defender. Uh, he does raise the floor defensively at a lot of the teams that he's on. Uh, I bring this up, though, too, because uh, you, you kind of mentioned it. I was going to ask you. How much during the week as you lead up to the Sweet 16 in these later rounds, as there's fewer college basketball, how much does your NBA intake and handicapping ramp up as you get ready for the postseason? You're not going to bet regular season games, but I know you're an NBA postseason better. Well, I watch games. I just have not been betting a lot of games unless you make a really good case for a game. Uh, sometimes I'll play it. But, yeah, I'm definitely going to start uh, betting the NBA a little bit more here when the tournament winds down. After the Sweet 16, I'll probably pay more attention to it. But we got baseball to handicap then as well. So, uh, yeah, don't give me started. Yeah. You you heard me. Uh, I'm I just joined a fantasy baseball team or league right before we started the show with Tony Miller over at the Golden Nugget. I'm all in baseball season right up the uh, right up my alley. All right, I actually love to bet the M- NBA playoffs and handicap the NBA playoffs, but um, I just don't typically have enough time to do it during the regular season. You know, especially when you're trying to follow a hundred plus two hundred college basketball teams. Is there a lot of college basketball teams. I think 356. 
You're not going to do. I'm not going to follow do. all 356. You're not going to do what most people do, which What's is that? don't watch at all and then pretend like they've been watching the whole time once so the tournament starts. There are a lot starts. of people who just started watching two weeks ago. It's my favorite time of year because basketball is a great sport, but it, like you said, it takes a lot to follow either college or the NBA, yeah. and you get a lot of people who pop up out of nowhere who haven't spoken a word about it since football season. They're like, oh, by the way, you know, St. Bonaventure, I've been watching them this whole time. Like, no, no, you haven't. Yeah. Uh, with that, now we do have, of course, plenty of Sweet 16 games. We, yesterday we went through all of the Thursday games. Uh, it is worth noting that we're coming off of the two. There was one two and a half that popped up yesterday in favor of Arizona. We're down to one and a half there uh, with a total of 145 and a half in their matchup against Houston. And we bring it to Friday, Matt, because I know that you had some more information on all of these games. But I wanted to go back down to the bottom of the rotation, 637, 638, Miami and Iowa State. The initial open here had Iowa State as a one-point favorite, but we have flipped this. We are solidly Miami four to two and a half with a total of one to 33. Uh, what did you see from Miami? And should they be? are they power rated higher than Iowa State? I'm not going to pretend like I would know something here, but the market obviously seems to think that the opener was completely incorrect. I was a little bit surprised Iowa State opened as a favorite. Yeah. I, I thought Miami would open as a uh, probably one-and-a-half-point favorite. We're seeing two-and-a-half. That's a sharp money move. Obviously, I talked to John Murray at the Westgate Super Bowl last night, and he said right away, took sharp money on the, the Hurricanes after the Cyclones opened as a slight favorites. Uh, here's the deal with this matchup. The Cyclones and the Hurricanes. How about that, JVT? Oh, yeah. One team might get blown away. <laughs> uh, Cyclones' half-court offense is ugly. It's disgusting. It's hard to watch. But their defense is really good. They, they tighten the screws on you defensively. Uh, what Cameron McGusty and the Hurricanes want to do, they want to get out and run. They're much better in transition offense. But this is going to be a much slower pace than the Auburn game. Uh, Miami routed Auburn 79-61. to That was a game where Jim Laranaga really outcoached Bruce Pearl. Mm-hmm. by a wide margin. Um, he can he has a coaching edge in this matchup as well. But for some reason, I just think it's not going to be as easy as it looks on paper. A lot of people were really impressed with the Hurricanes because they made Auburn look so bad. But it's an Auburn team that's regularly struggled on the road that has looked bad in like on foreign territory, we'll right. call it, right? Exactly. And it's an Auburn team that thinks it can run and got in a uh, tried to get in a running game with Miami and got ran off the floor. Iowa State's going to slow this pace down. If you watch the Iowa State-Wisconsin game, that was painful. It was like uh, water torture. And each trip down the court was I think excruciating to watch because of uh, the half-court offense was so deliberate and uh, both teams were so bad at it, especially after Wisconsin lost Chucky Hepburn. Mm-hmm. They had no idea how to run a half-court offense. They scored eight points, I think, in the first two uh, two points in the first eight minutes of the second half. So Miami's my preferred side here, but if you didn't get this early enough, if you didn't get Miami plus one, minus one, I really don't want to lay the two and a half at this point. And the, uh, the money line's up to minus 150. I guess you'd have to go that way if you're late to the party. But it's definitely a sharp money move on the Hurricanes. And I agree with that. I just think that Iowa State's really going to slow the pace of this game, and that's going to make it tougher uh, for Miami. So yeah, Iowa State's got some scores, too. That's one thing. I, I always crack on T.J. Otsberger because he's such a poor X's and O's coach, especially on the offensive end of the four. Really, is, um, it's embarrassing sometimes. What they just do is put the ball in – uh, players' hands in isolation say, go make a play. Isaiah Brockington can make a play. Some Tyrese Hunter can can knock down some threes. Actually, Caleb Grill uh, is yep. a tough guy, a transfer from UNLV, who I think was a, a big addition to this team. Iowa State's got really uh, three or four quality players. Gabe Kausher, the transfer from Minnesota. you got three guys who can score. 
I think you got really four quality players. This Iowa State team's pretty pretty good. I, I, they were three and nine. The Cyclones were at one point in the Big Twelve season. Since then, they've been playing a lot better basketball. I think the key is on the defensive end. So can you? force the Hurricanes to turn it over? Can you force them into a slow pace? Usually a good defensive team dictates the pace, and that's why I think it's going to happen here, and which is why I'm a little bit hesitant to play the Hurricanes. But I do prefer that side. So a few follow-ups. Uh, the less serious one, is there a better suited last name for a team than Cameron McGusty, who plays for the Hurricanes? <laughs> right. Uh, the second is your point about transition. Uh, Miami offensively in transition this year, effective field goal percentage is 62.5%. It's very good. Shoot 70% at the rim in transition, 39% from three. And one of the things that Iowa State has struggled with defensively in transition, they give up 69.9% and allow 38% of their attempts in transition at the rim. So if that's going to be something here, it's Miami's course of action is going mm-hmm. to be you got to get stops, got to get rebounds, and then get out and run because I think that's going to make this team uncomfortable. Well, that's true. But also I think what Iowa State's going to do is they're not going to send guys in crashing the ball boards for missed yep. shots, you're going to bring guys back on defense to stop the transition, right? Yep. Uh, maybe that leads to an under-the-total type of game. As uh, time has gone on, I've become more fascinated by this game. I think it's actually going to be yeah. a pretty good one. And also, to the point of the opener, um, the opener does reflect the Ken Palm projection, which is a one-point win for Iowa State. Really? And yet, yep, and then here we are. Miami is a two-and-a-half-point favorite. So, we'll see. And we always talk about this, right? You talk about sharp betters, and John Murray told you about it. Sharp betters grabbed one. Sharp betters not laying two-and-a-half. Right in a matchup, like yeah, grab one or laid one. Yeah, uh, yeah, not laying two and a half, but you could lay minus one forty-five, one fifty right now if you, if you really like the Miami side. I I have no bet on this game at this point. All right, we have plenty left to get to. Uh, again, we have plenty of time to get to it as well as these games don't tip off until Thursday. On the other side, though, Jimmy Ott's going to be with us. Uh, let's discuss everything that he's got in front of him. What we're going to see uh, from the Sweet Sixteen in this round of action, including, of course, Arkansas, the SEC team that will be in action against the top team in the country, Gonzaga. They are now. Nine-point underdogs with a total of 155. Can the Razorbacks stay within that number? Hell, can they pull the upset off? Jimmy Ott's going to tell us next. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. Smart journalism. Fascinating topics. Words that describe CNN's podcast, The Assignment with Audie Cornish. We are revisiting the public school culture wars. What have we learned from the kids who fought against book bans? We really started the club to get students reading these books. Students have an opinion in this fight, too. How has the war over books sparked a backlash to the so-called parents' rights movement? It's not okay what they're doing, and they're being watched. Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish. Streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. 
What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids. But I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. This is The Edge on VSIN, the sports betting network. Oh, sorry, I'm just tired after lunch, and I know that I'm not alone. In fact, research shows that more than 70% of us hit the wall after lunch. Let a five-hour energy shot help you leap over that wall instead of crashing into it with zero sugar and an unbeatable blend of vitamins, nutrients, and caffeine. It's the perfect pick-me-up for getting stuff done. Go to 5hourenergy.com to find over 15 flavors to choose from. With flavors like grape, tropical burst, cherry, blue, raspberry, and more. There is a flavor for everyone. Get a five-hour energy today. It's good, right? It's good. It's very good. What did you have for lunch? Um, I didn't have lunch yet. It's one fifteen. This is about lunchtime. So I got to go to the dentist after. So I, I get, you know what I mean? I'm kind of self-conscious. Like I've brushed my, I have brushed my teeth like two, three times a day. So I'm not like a, a heathen, but I'm also very subconscious. Like, you know, I don't want to have dirty teeth when I go in there. That's good. Even though they're going to poke me and I'm going to bleed and they're going to, yeah, you got to floss more. <laughs> it happens every time. Uh, all right. Let's welcome in a man who flosses regularly. I assume Jimmy Ott, host of Jimmy Ott's Game Time, ESPN 104.5 out in Baton Rouge. Uh, Jimmy, it is good to talk to you. Your flossing habits are what? <laughs> Excellent, JVC. Have you seen these choppers? Come on, man. I was going to say, that picture, they are very pearly white. So, uh, all right, let's talk a little basketball. Uh, let's talk about Arkansas because they're the first step, uh, game on the rotation. And it's an interesting game uh, because the market continues to move against them here, Jimmy. Uh, it opened up eight. Now we're up to as high as nine and a half in one spot with a total of 155 or 155 and a half. Uh, the chances of Arkansas not only staying with this, within this number, but maybe pulling off the offset uh, are what to you? You know, they really did compete in the Sweet 16 on the regional final rally, uh, rather, last year against Baylor, who's clearly the number one team, and were able to run, you know, get up and down uh, with them. Uh, but I wonder, uh, they were they were really struggling, went 0-3 to start conference play, and they got really hot when they made a little lineup adjustment. But uh, I, I really uh, question if they could uh, run with Gonzaga in this one. Gonzaga showed us another gear in the second half. Down 10 at the break, they knew they had to try and get extra possessions, and between Jimmy and just the whole team playing at a pace, I just didn't know that was possible. You know, we, we don't see them push against this type of competition. There's a lot of NBA players on the floor for Memphis. Uh, you know, they finally got it going in the second half of the season. The Zagas failed to cover their first two. I think it might be an honest price here. Split action right now. What I'm looking at at Bet Rivers at nine. Uh, I'm favoring the Zags of minus nine against Arkansas. Well, I didn't think it was in the top three of the SEC this year, and we know how the SEC is doing thus far. Yeah, SEC uh, had six teams in, five are done, and Arkansas is still there. Drew Timmy had 21 of his 25 points in the second half when uh, the Zags trailed by 10 at the break. So I, I thought Memphis was going to be a tough matchup, Jimmy. 
uh, for Gonzaga because they have NBA caliber athletes and size. I don't think the Razorbacks are going to be as tough a matchup. They're not as big. Their shooting is inconsistent. They're 10 for 37. That's 27% from three in uh, two tournament games. They actually needed to outscore New Mexico State 22-6 at the free throw line to eke out that victory in the uh, second round. Do you think Arkansas is going to try to run with Gonzaga? And if so, would you play this game over the total of 154.5? Or what do you think Eric Musselman's plan of attack is going to be? I think they have to because they do struggle, uh, especially shooting from two-point range. Uh, you know, Holmgren is so long, and he, you know, mm-hmm. he and Kessler are the best two shot blockers in basketball, if you ask me. And so they can really extend their defense. And, yeah, they, they are a team under Musselman this year and last that is fine. They're, they're, they're open to, uh, you know, running up and down. They ran with Baylor last year. Uh, in that uh, in that game where they were eliminated, but they were that was about as competitive as anybody was uh, against Baylor last year in the six games of the tournament. But uh, again, that speed that Gonzaga played in the second half, and man, they had they had Memphis those athletes tugging on their shorts, kind of leaning over, huffing and puffing a little bit. They completely wore them down, and I don't think Arkansas is as deep uh, as Gonzaga and can play at that speed. And I um, I know it's so it's kind of kind of uh, playing right into Gonzaga's hands that I think they'll find a willing, you know, willing participant in Arkansas willing to run up and down with them as well. Yeah, I agree with your analysis on this game, too, and that's why I'm not going to take the points uh, with the Razorbacks in this one. How much does it surprise you what's happened to the SEC with uh, five of the six teams gone? Kentucky going down to St. Peter's, Auburn blown out, obviously, uh, uh, by Miami, and Tennessee goes down to Michigan. Uh, how surprised are you that the SEC fell apart in this tournament? Uh, even with Auburn's uh, struggles, they were losing by, like, uh, losing in overtime at Fayetteville in this crazy arena. Okay, can't kill them for that. You know, losing uh, a close game in Knoxville, you know, 25,000 in, you know, in, uh, in that arena, which was going nuts. I mean, I can't kill them for losing these tough games. The SEC's home court advantage was really a big deal uh, this year. But, man, they, they did show me a little sign that I might be a little concerned in the blowout loss uh, by double digits to Texas A&M in the uh, SEC championship in Tampa. And I'm, I'm stunned. I'm stunned. I had Auburn in the Final Four. I had uh, Kentucky in the Final Four. Now I considered over 10.5 total wins by the SEC in the tournament. How's that doing <laughs> so far? Now, LSU, what happened to them is not a complete surprise with all the distractions. Uh, and what's going on there, uh, although I thought Iowa State was one of the weaker teams uh, in the field as, as far as an at-large bid. But, yeah, I'm, I'm completely surprised because they've finally taken some of that uh, overall athletic budget money, the football money, and have spent it on good coaches like Musselman, Buzz Peterson, Nate Oates, Bruce Pearl, and Rick Barnes and others, even though they bowed out as well. And it looked like they had finally made a commitment and become a real force in college basketball but it hadn't translated over to the tournament this year. Yeah, LSU went down to Iowa State and Alabama to Notre Dame as well. That's Jimmy Ott on uh, ESPN Radio Baton Rouge with us. I want to ask you about Houston, another team you probably watch a lot. Uh, Houston-Arizona, I think, is a, a really intriguing matchup in San Antonio with Arizona a one-and-a-half-point favorite. The Wildcats survived a scare late Sunday night against TCU, if not for Benedict Mathieu knocking down that 28-footer. Arizona's sitting at home. The Wildcats are in Tucson right now watching this tournament. Uh, what do you think of Arizona as a one-and-a-half-point favorite against Kelvin Sampson? 
I think person selection Sunday that Houston was underseeded at five, mm-hmm. and uh, I thought that they were looking at a little bit of losing their backcourt uh, Satcher uh, in the other kid who scored over eleven points a game. Their two leading scorers and thirty points a game for that uh, for a, a Kelvin Sampson Houston team is a ton because you know they defend and rebound so well, and they they got tripped up a little bit uh, when they lost those two guys, lost SMU, lost to Memphis had a scare in Wichita State where they survived by, in, in double overtime by two points. But since then, they have won and covered their last nine of ten. The only game that they lost was that trip to Memphis to close out the regular season. They got that double revenge in the American Tournament Final by double digits against Memphis, and they've been a covering machine. It just tells you that they're, they're underseeded when on Sunday, Houston, the five seed, is three-and-a-half-point favorites over the four-seed, Illinois. And how many teams have made Kobe Coburn look like kind of neutralize him, become a non-factor without getting him in foul trouble? We know the Martin Luther King Day, the double overtime game against Purdue. He got the foul trouble. He fouled out the first minute of the first overtime. Other games where he got into foul trouble, I think it was the Ohio State game uh, where they lost at home. They tried to rally back into it. But they are, they are an intimidating, uh, a rugged crew. And it's funny because – Samson's teams in Norman, Oklahoma, were not necessarily like this. In the brief time at Indiana, not so much as well. But at Houston, here, where they are, the commuter school, not a real, you know, a student base, you know, uh, you know, a whole like a fan base and stuff like that. They kind of been the outlier, but man, they got it going. And now only one and a half point dog to the one seed. Matt, you know this: when the one plays the five in the Sweet Sixteen <laughs> round, it's what six. Seven-point favorites. Yeah. This is a suspicious line. But I'm looking at Bet Rivers, and you know the betting public is on it right now. Sixty-three percent of the tickets are on Arizona right now. Don't love it because I think Arizona does have size to offset uh, Houston uh, on the boards, and I think they have a lot more skill. But uh, I mean, I don't know if Arizona's patient enough to make Houston uh, just get into that half-court set on offense because Houston, out of their when they turn the ball over. Off of their rebounds, they definitely look to push it because they know they're deficient, you know, in the half court set offensively. I would favor Houston slightly in this one. Jimmy, we got 60 seconds left. We were talking about this game earlier, so I'll ask you what did you see in St. Peter's win over Kentucky in the ensuing round then against Murray State that translates over to this game against Purdue? They're catching 12 and a half with a total of 135. Yeah, to, to, to borrow Coach O phrase, they didn't blink. I mean, they didn't phase, and I think it's a reflection of Shaheen Holloway, who's put a lot to get the Seton Hall job uh, now that Willard has moved on to Maryland. But uh, St. Peter's just didn't – they never were phased. They were aggressive, and even though there's, you know, the roster tells us they're a lot shorter, they don't play so much. You know, Sheebway has pushed around much bigger guys than these guys. Now, listen, this, this is a staggering number as far as the ticket bet on uh, St. Peter's. 73% of the tickets at Bet Rivers on St. Pete's plus a 12 and a half against Purdue. Uh, I, I just like their mental approach, and they're just not afraid, and they compete. And uh, I'm impressed with them so far. I would take the points. The one I like the most, guys, is Texas Tech against Duke. Uh, look, is Duke the team that was, you know, down five with five minutes to go against the Michigan State team? Not usually as good. Or they're still one and covered against a team that shot 50% from three. 69% of the tickets on Duke as expected. Everybody likes Duke plus points. I like Texas Tech, the team that's been much better, much more consistent over the course of the season. Like it. He's a pro. Jimmy, good to talk to you. Thank you very much. We'll be back here on The Edge.
is the Edge on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. This right up Matt Ewan's alley. Wendy's breakfast, the official breakfast of March Madness. Every day, choose from Wendy's stacked starting lineup like the breakfast baconator, croissant combos, and hot or cold coffee. I'm a nice coffee kind of guy. And like any great team, Wendy's is bringing the breakfast legends. Oven baked, sizzling bacon, fresh cracked eggs, perfectly seasoned breakfast potatoes, and a simply OJ to bring it home. Make a fast break to your nearest Wendy's drive-thru and pick up your Wendy's breakfast, the official breakfast of March Madness. Choose wisely, choose Wendy's. I did not choose wisely yesterday, and I paid for it. Some midnight yakking last night. It was gross. Midnight yakking. Uh, it was, it was one like, of those where like I wake up and I was like, ooh, it feels like there's a rock in my stomach. And that rock was then subsequently in the toilet. An hour so you ago. went to a competing fast food franchise and things did not turn out so well for you. I went to a, a meat monarchy, if you get my drift, and uh, it did not go well. did not go well. So that was a good one, right? You kind of get that reference. Well, the sandwich you told me you got there is not one I would have recommended. Well, it was one of those two where you open the wrapper, and I was like, what the f- yeah. is this? Yeah, and then I was like, all right, well, I bought it. Like that's, And, yeah, I paid for it. <laughs> I, I think that's twice. one of the worst fast food sandwiches there is. Yes, yes, indeed. Not, though, of course. Not. We're not talking about Wendy's. Wendy's no. is one of the best. I can't wait to try that bacon uh, breakfast Baconator. Definitely on the list next things. Uh, all right. Get the potatoes, too. Well, I'm a big breakfast potatoes fan. Like, I like hash brown, but it's the breakfast potatoes. Like, that's that's what puts a very nice chef's kiss on a breakfast. You know what I mean? You know what I mean. You're a big breakfast guy. You're a food guy. Anyway, back to Sweet 16. We were talking about a lot of these games. One game we have yet to really hit on in depth, Matt Humans, is Kansas and Providence. So let's talk about this. Okay. Because... The perception has – it's flipped. It's changed. It's over. It's different. Providence no longer <laughs> the lucky team. No, 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 no. Now it is the team to back at the Open. Kansas opens up an 8.5-point favorite against this team. Uh, we get immediately down to 7.5 with a total of 141.5, and, and that seems to be where the market is only allowing it to go. A couple of sevens popped up very quickly. So 7.5 seems to be the floor here for this number. So what do you make of this matchup overall? Because Kansas has been a team throughout the year that hasn't been a great ATS team. But having said that, before this last matchup, they were actually came into the game, uh, into the second round on a seven-game cover streak, Kansas did. They hadn't mm-hmm. covered numbers uh, before that matchup last time out. Yeah, that's one thing. you got to be careful not to overreact because I think all of us who watched the Creighton-Kansas game were underwhelmed by the Jayhawks' performance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it was, I, I thought, at times embarrassing what was happening in the Kansas-Creighton game because uh, Creighton's playing without its two, two of its best players, basically down to a six-man team. Yep. And Kansas, who has had uh, Kansas had Remy Martin come back recently from an injury, and he just hasn't really been a big part of the rotation. All of a sudden, he's a critical part of this team. So even with Remy Martin, Kansas struggled to get by Creighton in that game, and that was uh, discouraging to see for somebody like me who bet Kansas to win its region. I still think Kansas is going to win the region. Uh, the Midwest was really paved for the Jayhawks to get there, but oh. the Creighton game did kind of expose – their defensive deficiencies. Kansas not very good at perimeter defense, not very good at post defense. And, uh, you know, I'm not sure if Providence is a team that's going to be able to take full advantage of that. But I do think the Friars are going to show up and fight here. So we're, Kansas is at its best is in transition offense. There's no question about that. O'Shea Abaji, Remy Martin, all the guards, Christian Brown. Providence wants to get physical, tough. And they want to uh, show that they're superior defensively. I think Providence uh, plus seven and a half is a potential play here. I think some of the numbers have dropped to seven. 
Uh, but you'll, you'll find the seven and a half out there, I'm sure, before this game tips off. Do you see any eights out there? I don't think so. I don't so. see any eights. It's all predominantly seven and a halfs right now on the screen. Yeah, I was trying to find uh, eight somewhere on this game. And if, if it gets to eight, I'm going to probably play the Friars. How about this? I always pay attention to this betting trend because I think some teams are much better in the underdog role and some teams just con- consistently flop in the favorites role. Mm-hmm. Providence has played nine games in the dog role this season. Eight and one against the spread with seven outright wins. Yep. Uh, so I think that's something that matters here. And uh, also the fact that the Friars have been disrespected by a lot of people. Now, I'm also not going to overreact to uh, Providence being in the Sweet 16 because what did you do? You beat South Dakota State and Richmond. It's not like you knocked off a couple of heavyweights to get to this round. Uh, so what, the bottom line here is I think Kansas is probably going to have to sweat this one out. And I'll look to take seven and a half if no eights pop up. But I think you might be able to find an eight by tip-off. Yeah, I would agree with all of that. And I think, too, when you're when you're talking about and dissecting like what would be a difference here, uh, one of the things that has stuck out with Providence when it comes to their offense at times uh, is an inability to finish within four feet of the basket. I think uh, coming into this game, I'm going to confirm this really quickly, uh, 269th in terms of uh, block rate on offense. So they get packed a lot when it comes to you know getting within four feet of the basket. Right. Kansas can't protect the rim relatively well. Uh, that could make a pretty big difference here. But when you look at Kansas in the way, at times, they have struggled to cover big numbers like this, it would lead me toward looking at Providence and nothing else. But to your point for me, uh, as someone who has a Kansas uh, 13 to 1 ticket to win the whole thing, mm-hmm. uh, it's more about moving on. Like th- this, like you said, this bracket has broken, not as we expected, but to the point where it was going to be a very wild bracket that should have made the way for Kansas to get to a very deep point into this tournament, and it is setting up that way. Yeah, and the team I was sweating the most was Iowa. Right. And Iowa, the five seed right. in the top half of that bracket. The Hawkeyes get knocked out by Richmond, just a uh, – Real surprise there that Iowa went down, but it was kind of a flat spot after the Big Ten tournament win. So Richmond KOs Iowa. Now all of a sudden it's Kansas Providence. You can't ask for more. The bottom half of that bracket was Auburn. Yep. And uh, Wisconsin, gone. Uh, So Kansas got no excuses. Bill Self can't get this team to the Final Four. Uh, Something's wrong. Now – Something could be wrong, too. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, that, could, but, that could ultimately be what happens. I mean, seriously, if you're a Kansas fan at this point, uh, Self's won uh, one title. Yeah, we had that graphic, right? He had the, the one finger up. He's like, yeah. He's been, he's been a number one seed ten times yep. right now, and he's got one title. He hasn't won one since 2008. At some point, you have to stop underachieving and uh, get this team over the top. And you, this road is paved to New Orleans. The Jayhawks got to get there. Yep, Absolutely. Uh, all right, with that, and now we've we've pretty much gone over every single one of these games. Um, none of the move. There's been no other real moves to report, and we haven't had an update yet on Jaime Jaquez and what's going to happen with the Bruins here. Uh, you did mention last night that you had more information on a couple of these games. Is there anything else you wanted to add to some of the matchups that we haven't hit on? Of course, I got stuff on every game. North Carolina, UCLA. I think uh, Jaime Jaquez is going to be his status is going to be the key. I think he's the glue, the team's MVP. Uh, he's questionable with a sprained right ankle. If you know anything about this kid, he's a gamer. He's probably going to find a way to get out there and play. Uh, UCLA, you can uh, cite the Ken Palm defensive numbers. This is not an elite Mick Cronin defensive team, but it's still a pretty good defensive team, especially now that Cronin's adjusted some of the lineups. Uh, you've seen the Bruins. They can put uh, long athletes out there, and they can get tough on the defensive end of the floor. I think Cronin also has a coaching edge in this game against Hubert Davis. And that's not to knock Davis, but this is his first tournament as a head coach. Mm-hmm. And Mick Cronin's been around the block a few times. He's pretty damn good. I think the Tar Heels are equally as talented. Uh, 
They're a little bit more talented offensively, and they're hot at the right time. R.J. Davis and Brady Manick combined for 56 points in that game against Baylor. Uh, Manick is going to play in this game. He's not going to face any sort of suspension after the flagrant two-foul ejection against Baylor. I think you have to be really impressed by what Carolina's done here late in the season. You go to Duke and Coach K's finale, and you make Coach K cry at his last home game. <laughs> uh, you blow out the defending champs, Baylor. You're up 25. It didn't finish a blowout, but you're up 25 mm-hmm. at that point in the game. Brady Manick gets ejected. You're up 67-42 to 42 on Baylor. But the problem here is, and I did – uh, play a little bit on North Carolina plus two and a half. And I actually played a little bit more on plus three at minus 125. I bought that up a little bit too because if Jaime Hawkins doesn't play, that's going to be a really good number, I yep. think. I do think he's going to play though. But still, the problem with uh, Carolina, this team is unpredictable. It's a Jekyll and Hyde outfit. You don't know what you're going to get. But I do think uh, with Brady Manick and R.J. Davis playing so well, Last week, if you look at some of the other guys who didn't play well in that Baylor game, if Carolina can get a couple of guys like Caleb Love to step up on the offense end, I think this team is a threat to win it all. I want to ask you this. All right, so if you're Purdue coach Matt Painter and you're sitting there and the ESPN BPI says you got a 90% chance to beat St. Peter's. Okay. So in the other half of the bracket, you see North Carolina and UCLA. You're going to scout both teams. Which team do you want to play? I think you want to play – UCLA. I think North Carolina can match up with you size-wise, right? Like, it'd be right. a lot more difficult to, like, you know, command the, the size glass. and the athletes exactly. a little bit bigger. I think you want UCLA. I think so, too. Right. I, th- I think that's probably the way to go. And that's what's, I think, interesting about this UCLA-North Carolina match, especially if Hawkins can play. Hawkins is a relatively decent rebounder, especially offensively. Yeah. And if you look at it, the first two games, right, Marquette and Baylor without Jonathan Chamuchachua, you kill the both teams on the glass, both of them, right? Mm-hmm. Defensive rebound, I think they grabbed like 73% of their defensive rebounds uh, against Marquette. It right. was great what they were able to do. So I think, yeah, if you're talking about not only that UCLA matchup, but what's going to happen looking forward, yeah, I think if you're Purdue, you have a better chance of at least exerting your strength as a size team against a team like UCLA. That's uh, pretty much echoes uh, my my thoughts. And that's why I was looking at it last night. I said, you know, I think Purdue's got a slightly better chance to beat UCLA yeah. because of what you said. Man, it's been impressive, though, to watch what North Carolina's been able to do, like you said. So we'll see if they can do it again against a potentially shorthanded team. But I would assume tournament time, a guy like Jaime Jaquez, like you said, if he can walk, as Mick Cronin said the other day, he he's going to play. play. I expect to see him on the floor. But hey, if for some reason he doesn't, right. uh, the Bruins are in big trouble what's without the, him. Uh, what's the Street Fighter health bar above his head look like, right? We always say that. He's at like 50%. Like, okay, well, we'll see. All right, we'll come back. We'll wrap up. Uh, we got best bets. So take a quick look at the NBA. Another great card, uh, but a card nonetheless uh, that I have a wager on. We'll discuss on the other side. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Smart Journalism. 
fascinating topics. Words that describe CNN's podcast, The Assignment with Audie Cornish. We are revisiting the public school culture wars. What have we learned from the kids who fought against book bans? We really started the club to get students reading these books. Students have an opinion in this fight, too. How has the war over books sparked a backlash to the so-called parents' rights movement? It's not okay what they're doing, and they're being watched. Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. This is The Edge on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome back. Something like that. We're already talking about finding our zen. That's what we're talking about like 60 times a day. That's what we're discussing. Are you ready for a fresh start? And we mean a real fresh start with lasting change. Take the Zen 10 challenge. Switch up the way you've been enjoying nicotine. Available in a variety of tastes and strengths. Zen nicotine pouches deliver smoke-free and spit-free nicotine satisfaction. Try Zen nicotine pouches for 10 days or your money back. Your fresh start is here. Take the Zen 10 challenge today. ZYN.com slash 10. ZYN.com slash 10. Zen nicotine pouches are only for adults 21 or older who currently use tobacco or nicotine. Warning, this product contains nicotine nicotine is an addictive chemical we were talking about baseball mike trout and uh the uh, the fact that he has not played many games uh, last year was the uh, the one though, 36 games only and uh, 146 played appearances for good old mike yeah he's going to be at the top of the mvp boards in the american league though he's played fewer than 100 games combined the last two years we were talking about the 2020 season was a 60 game season yeah we right? got confused that we forgot that the whole pandemic thing happened and that they didn't play many games that year with that let us discuss best bets. Recap from last night. We get into the association. Uh, how about this? Pelicans plus six, leading pretty much the entire way, Matt Eubens, but give up a, uh, I think it was an eight to nothing or a 10 to nothing run uh, in the middle of the fourth quarter. Ultimately go on to lose the game outright, but stay within six. They lose by three to cover the number, but drop a, uh, I would say, a relatively important game when you're trying to keep pace with the Lakers, uh, who won last night in Cleveland. So Pelicans lose outright, but cover the number. I knew that because I saw you tweeting about it last night. You were starting to have a little bit of a, a breakdown like Tim Murray on Twitter. 
No, Are the actually, Pelicans going to blow this? I was actually more interested because it's funny. I, I wasn't able to tune into the game <laughs> until that moment, right. and they were up by eight. And the second I turned the game on, it was like, boom, eight nothing run. Got to turn the game right back And off. I was like, ooh, okay. Are they actually yeah. going to blow this thing because this looks looking dicey? Uh, but ultimately not the case. Now, today is very interesting. <laughs> There's only four games on the card today. Uh, bad number here. So Knicks plus one and a half against the Hawks. Uh, I think like 20 minutes after I make this bet, Matt Eubens, uh, the news comes down that, ooh, Julius Randle's got a little – tendon issue. He's not going to play today. So this number gets to as high as three and a half in favor of the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, We've pretty much reached, I think, three across the board for this game right now. Double check. Yes, three. Here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. So it's not a great number, but you know how I feel about the Atlanta Hawks. I mentioned this many times now. Uh, one in uh, one in eight ATS in their last nine games, two and nine against the spread in the month of March. It has not gone very well. Uh, they opened as a one and a half point favorite here on the road against New York. Something that I just didn't jive with my number. Right. I made uh, the Knicks about a one one and a half point favorite in this game, with you know considering full strength. But what makes this really fascinating is. I don't know if Julius Randle is really worth that much, if anything, to the point spread for the New York Knicks. When he is on the floor, the Knicks are actually outscored by about five, five, four points per 100 possessions. When he's off the floor, right. they outscore their opponents by about six points every 100 possessions. That's interesting. Quentin Grimes yeah. came back a, a couple of days ago, so he's going to be back in the fold here for the New York Knicks. I hate to say it, but I don't think it's the biggest loss in the world to have Randall not on the floor here for the Knickerbockers. And the other part of it that plays into it is, as I said, the Hawks have clearly been a wildly overvalued team by the betting market. And now here we're talking about up to three, three and a half. You translate it over to back home. We're talking about a seven and a half or an eight point spread against the Knicks team who has beat them in every single one of their contests this year. So I just I feel like, again, we're doing this thing with the Hawks where, yes, Julius Randall is not going to play. I just put it simply, I don't feel that bad about grabbing a bad number, even though Julius Randle is going to be out there. So I'm sitting on one and a half with a number of three, but the Knicks are still plenty alive here in this game without Julius Randle against an overvalued Hawks team who's been playing some pretty bad defense. What's the uh, the current spread skid for the Hawks? Uh, now, if you want to go over the last nine, one and eight against the spread, or in the month of March, two and nine, ATS. So, they, they, and that's the other thing, too, is I, I've noted many times, and I wrote about it for Points Spread Weekly this week, is not only are they bad against the spread, the market has moved in their direction every single yeah. game. Like, that's the other part that's been weird to me. It's not the fact that they're not covering numbers. It's every day <laughs> the market goes, Hawks are bland. Let's bet on them. And, it, like, it, they're not covering, and it's not working. And I just wonder why there's so much market support for them, and especially when it's these early numbers, because you know what that means, right? Like, on these overnight lines, it's not Joe Schmoe's betting them. It's respected betters who are coming out there and, you know, altering some of these numbers, and it's every day that they're getting bet on. You know, there are certain teams on the college markets that uh, I wondered the same thing. They continued to fail to cover numbers, but every game they were getting bet on, they were attracting uh, action in the market. And, and here's the thing, too, is because you know me, I, I like my numbers and analytics. Like, if there was like some little like analytic thing that was like in there that you could kind of see, right? Like the diamond in the rough, like, oh, no, don't worry. Things will even out for the Hawks. Like, there's, there's this one stat that you can look at that says they're good. They're a lot better than they are. Like, a case in point is the, the Hornets, right? During the All Star break, I wrote about it and talked about it in the podcast where if you looked at like the shot location and shot quality, the Hornets had gone through a stretch where they were like one in nine in the 10 games before the break. And it was like, there are signs that this is going to turn around. And sure enough, in March, guess who leads the league in offensive efficiency? The Charlotte Hornets do, right? So that, that can Came to fruition. There's nothing that I can find with Atlanta that tells me they're going to turn things around here pretty quickly, and especially because today John Collins not going to play and Bogdan Bogdanovich is questionable. So just don't get it. Just okay. don't get it. So yeah, Knicks plus one and a half. Play this back when they lose by thirty. 
Well, now they're plus three and a half, right? Oh, yeah, well, I'm saying, but I have plus one and a half. Right, yeah, right. So. Anyway, that's all I got. What do you got? Uh, I got a few NCAA tournament plays for the Sweet 16. I, I played Michigan plus five here, and I don't think this is going to be a real popular play. A lot of people want to bet Villanova. I understand that. I love Jay Wright and Colin, Colin Gillespie, that coach-point guard combo. But Jay Wright right now is um, using basically six players. Mm -hmm. That's it. He's got a thin bench. He's got a small front line. And I think this could be a problematic matchup against Michigan. And it's not just uh, Hunter Dickinson, who's 7-1. It's also Musa Diabate. It's Caleb Houston. These guys should give Villanova some troubles inside. Colin Gillespie was not that great in the second round of the tournament. And that 10-point uh, win over Ohio State, he was 2-for-9 from 3, 71-61 win. Michigan, I think, is a much tougher matchup for Villanova than Ohio State. So that's one thing I like about it. Now, Gillespie's going to have to shoot it much better uh, than he did. And if he does shoot a lot better, Villanova could win and cover. Uh, but one thing, uh, the playing in the favor of the Wolverines here, and that's uh, Phil Martelli, longtime St. Joe's coach who uh, knows the Villanova system inside and out. He's going to help Juwan Howard game plan uh, for Nova here. And I, I noticed at the end of the Tennessee game, Michigan rolled a matchup zone out there, mm -hmm. and the Vols had a lot of trouble scoring against it. And that's one thing I think that uh, Phil Martelli can bring to Michigan that Juwan Howard you know, might not be able to necessarily is Martelli's going to know what to throw at Villanova to kind of keep uh, Gillespie and that offense off balance. Uh, so I think – was there a team in the tournament that was hotter than Tennessee? The Vols ripped through the SEC tournament, very impressive in the first round, and then all of a sudden they run into Michigan and boom, they're done. Texas A&M. Oh, wait, no, they didn't make it. Auburn. Uh, <laughs> Kentucky. Right. Uh, you know, I, I think that Villanova's actually got what it takes to uh, win the whole thing or at least get to the Final Four here. But this Michigan matchup could be a, could be a, uh, a little bit of trouble for him. And uh, if the Wolverines can take down Tennessee, I think they can take down Villanova. Uh, I took five with Michigan. Not a big play, but just a, a normal size bet on Michigan plus five. Also, St. Peter's plus 12 and a half. I'll talk more about that matchup on tomorrow's show. And uh, North Carolina, I bet a plus two and a half. And then a little more at plus three, minus 125 against UCLA. Okay. I like it. I'm thinking about playing Providence, too. But yep. I, I'd like to play Providence as soon as that number gets to eight. Yeah, yeah. The uh, the one thing that is on my list is uh, I like Texas Tech a lot, but that's going to be an in game thing for me. I, I can't I can't go in and lay a point pre flop. No, no. Do I mean Duke goes on runs, and that's probably going to be a back and forth type of game. Like you said, when you got a one point dog or one point favorite or a pick 'em type game, I think live betting is going to be your better option. What do you think the chances are Tech races out to lead and just uh, wins that game wire to wire? Uh, I'm going to say very slim. Probably not going to happen. <laughs> right. So live betting is a better option for you if you love Texas Tech or even if you love Duke. Although, then again, we've seen uh, crazier things. So Tech's going to come out and hit their first five three-pointers, and they're going to go absolutely ham and uh, maybe win wire to wire. Well, I mean, just think about uh, – let's – think about the Purdue-Texas game on Sunday afternoon. I was talking with you during your NBA show, and Texas gets out to a 14-6 to six lead, yep. I think. Before you know it, Purdue's up 28-14. to 14. And then Texas comes back and ties the game early in the second half. 
there's so many opportunities in the live wagering to grab a better number than what you can get pregame. If you don't have a really strong opinion, try to live bet these games on your phone app if you can. A very quick update, too, because one game that is worth paying attention to tonight, Chicago-Milwaukee. By the way, also, four teams can decide their win totals tonight. Oh, is Ch- that right? Yeah, Chicago can get over with a win. Milwaukee goes under with a loss. Clippers go under with a uh, loss. And the Warriors go over with a win tonight. So four teams can decide win totals tonight. Uh, but Bucks up to an eight-point favorite tonight against Chicago. Very big game for the Bulls, who are trying to kind of stave off those teams in the play-in situation. Um, not going to have Chris Middleton, but Giannis is going to play after missing the last game. Patrick Williams back, but we'll see. It's a very bad matchup for uh, the Chicago Bulls. 102 offensive Probably rating. Two teams uh, fighting for that division title. That's very true, too. So there's a lot on the line. It's very All these games carry a lot more weight as we get down to the last 10 games or so. So keep an eye. Short slate tonight, but there's some relatively important matchups in the association. We are all done. VEASAN.com is where you want to go. Check out VEASAN.com slash madness. It has all of our offers, of course, uh, for the NCAA tournament through the championship games. Check that out. Only $19. Very cheap price. Uh, and, of course, everything else we have to offer, including, if you miss out on your favorite shows, VEASAN.com slash podcasts. For Matt and myself, we're all done. We'll be back tomorrow. My guys in the desert coming up next here on the Sports Betting Network. See ya. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's KidSafe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. (laughs) Download the Zigazoo app today. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. 